Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. This episode is part two with Stanford Moore and we continue to speak about the impact that black horsemanship and horsemen have had on the industry and how we as individuals can continue to make an impact. So feel free to send us a message if you have any questions and I hope you enjoyed the episode. You are listening to Young Black Equestrians, the podcast, with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. About keeping that fire lit, because earlier you said you mentioned the financial side of it. And as far as you know, like, the organization that you've seen on this side and then even in Atlanta or anywhere else you have been from a business perspective, what would be beneficial for us to keep that going? Because a lot of people can't afford it long term. Yes. So, so let me tell you what's happening with momentum. And remember, one of the things that you learn about Nipsey Hustle and his movement is people stop and stand back and look at the, the genius of I just know the process. I didn't know who Nipsey Hustle was. That's what makes sense. He's talking about the financial I didn't know who he was for about six months. That news anchor that put out that interview, that little docu-series of him, uh, that he was out there talking, it was, I think it was back in January. I shared it to my page. I think I doubled back. Man, this guy, who is Nipsey Hustle? That's the kid that's serious, 
then if she keeps that up, she'll be great. Yeah. Then somebody a sponsor will look at and say, look, I don't care what color she is. If this girl keeps this type of dedication up with nobody looking and nobody coming in but just coming out of her parents' house, if she, you got somebody that your parents, as a parent, I don't mind working two jobs for a kid that's that day. And right. so when a sponsor finds that we have enough people serious about what they do, they are willing to get behind. You look at uh, uh, just man, some of the people that's coming up and doing it out of pocket now, to where they are today, like uh, uh, like Tory Johnson. I mean, this guy is doing big things. I think he just bought a brand new rig. Um, I mean, he's doing it. Making mm-hmm. money, earning a living at it. You have to find people that you can invest in. The problem is a lot of kids that don't look like us, that are, say, white kids coming up, their father owns the hardware store. So he can now invest in this child and write it off. So he can look on there and see uh, true value hardware on the side of her trailer sponsored by. And that's going to make it, and that's going to give her freedom that she got a trainer, the best horse, and start winning some of these events, which is going to do what? Attract other sponsors. Mm-hmm. It ain't because. Uh, you know, it's because she's winning. She's winning because she doesn't have the pressure. She got the bad horse, the, 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 the trailer, the money to travel state to state and stay competitive. Mm-hmm. When you're competitive, it attracts other sponsors. Mm-hmm. We just have to, now, we don't have that luxury because our parents don't own it. And they give you the freedom to just have the best trainers and travel all over the country and, and race all day without that type of pressure. Right. So we have to bring out that. When you find your best, you got to get behind them because those kids are going to open the doors of the African-American kids are not so great that they be talented enough to now be able to now put them on a horse that can see, that may be sponsored by. And so that's one fold of, of putting our best first and get behind our best. Another fold is now reaching out to other businesses and showing them that there's value in investing in our youth. Give an example. Um, take something like Mary's, uh, I was looking at something luster silk, like curl, hair curl, yeah. activator. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm showing my age. But I'm, <laughs> I'm like, luster hair silk, hair. what? Okay. You see how old I am. I mean, <laughs> Cantu. Right. They, would, they wouldn't have a, 
we have to now create African-American alternatives in clothing and saddle makers and fur makers. You, 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 we have to create an alternative so we can now redirect our focus. But we also have the community that will support our own first. Right. Meaning, these same trail riders, you get their attention by taking money out of their pocket. Meaning, right. I want to invest in other African-American brands. That's how you change the narrative. That's how you get them to take us here. Yeah. Right now, they're not. No. Yeah. And this is, these are just facts. And it's business. It's, it's not even personal. It's about numbers. And we haven't shown that we support our own enough. So we also have to also put our best brand forward because you don't want to get some raggedy stuff just before. Right. But when we do that, we have to then, you know, support. And we haven't been known over the years to support our own enough. But hopefully, you know, I'm always optimistic. Yes. <laughs> so hopefully we'll say. <laughs> That's how Caitlin that we get their attention of the big brands mm-hmm. to get them to invest in us. Mm-hmm. By yeah. supporting our own first. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling. It's a marathon though. Don't worry, I it's hope. These things are changing fast. hmm <laughs> mm-hmm. So what advice do you have as as a business person? What advice do you have for these minority businesses? I mean, say say some of these things do exist and and we just don't know, you know? What do you have what advice do you have to these businesses who want to get exposure or want to um you know, kind of get out there, especially if they are kind of horse centric. Um because I've had a couple people, you know, mention mention things to me like, "Oh, I make horse hair charm bracelets or I make blah 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 and it's like okay that's cool but what how do you set yourself different you know that's usually what I think so what what advice do you have for these kind of minority equestrian horse cowboy businesses that want to be on the come up okay me and my wife coming up in business you know, we we went to invest in ourselves a lot. So we went to a lot of business networks, uh, things that work in mind as far as, you know, John C. Maxwell and training. And so we were tempered for business well before we had it. A lot of people have a skill. If you don't have the business allocation, you can to apply that. It's just a skill and a hobby. Right. And so, you have to be able to learn the, 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 all the laws of business and how to advertise, but also have to put those things in place to say, if this is an overnight success, uh, can I handle it? Mm-hmm. One of the things you've learned from me is I never tried, a wealthy man told me this, and I never take advice from people who make less than me. Um, so if you're a millionaire and I want to be a millionaire, I'm going to listen to the, the words of a million.
give an example. Even when I put Black in that main magazine out that first issue, I didn't think the quality was there, but it was my first issue. I, I had to give myself a little break. So I said, eh, it ain't all there, but, uh, it, you know, I'll work on it. I tell you what, the next time I launch this thing, it's going to be on point because remember, my wife and I are a team. So my wife went through that process with me, and she learned now she had Formidable Woman magazine. Man, see, that. That looks like any competitive magazine on the shelf today. I mean, it's loaded with content advertising. So she learned from what I put out the first time. What I learned now, so as I build a team, I wanted so if Barnes and Noble called me, I got my distribution in place. I got everything in place, so I don't have to touch anything. Mm-hmm. I can put out a hundred thousand issues in a month and be just fine. It won't even. It, it won't even. I don't want to even lose sleep. The money is set to come. If you're a small distribution, while you're, while you're building your office, your handmade office, get the advice on how to now grow this business to scale whatever your vision has shown you. Whatever God's shown you in your future. See, for Black Rain Magazine, a lot of the things, if you go to my page, you will see Black Rain's TV. I've already seen ourselves doing uh, a question award where we're taking the top questions around the country, African American youth, and, and giving them awards like a platform. Mm-hmm. All these things I saw when I put the business together. So God made all this in seven days, in six days, and then took the rest. So the world was finished before we were even started. Mm-hmm. He's working backwards. You have to now dream and don't just start a business. Dream with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. If God's showing you that your halters were in every tax store across the country, what is that going to look like? And how can you keep that demand from the ground, from the start of your business to where you are today? Always have the end in mind. If God's going to come and bless us, could this thing grow to the scale that he's shown me mm-hmm. overnight? And mm-hmm. start working on that. Meaning, you got to run your business like you're already there. Treat every product that's going out like it's already ever because you will we'll never know what hand is going to fall in. Mm-hmm. Give me an example. I'm, sh- I'm going to show you how powerful it is. Uh, Mr. Melvin Hot, that uh, I think he's on the board of the uh, International Equestrian Game. So they're doing a big event in uh, Asheville, North Carolina mm-hmm. uh, in October. Well, he started last year the, uh, just a day in the African American. Just the spotlight, great African Americans that came before, all the guys like Tom Bass and uh, all the great questions, uh, Jimmy Wingfield and uh, along the way. So, and this is a lot of jumpers. Um, but you know what kind of money goes through this. It's a high end, well stick. But he's an out of African American boy. Well, he saw Black Rain Magazine. Mm-hmm. He jumped out and now gave me a call to Stanford. I would love for you to sit on a panel of uh, we created this year. We're coming back for what was success last year. That we want you on a panel of uh, uh, of an African American dialogue, just to come in and talk about infinity five topics that we're going to be discussing. Discussing is how do we show uh, create some uh, uh, show visually that it's for it's not just for the wealthy, but it's for uh, people on low income land. How do we get more kids involved? It's a, a line of topics uh, of what we're talking about today, and how do we get more kids involved in what we do to show that it's affordable and you know, or make it affordable by, you know, uh, making investing in some of these youth. So taking those money and pouring into our energy community. Right. And making it for everyone. So you have to do your business with a sense of professionalism that people of value that sit in our places will see enough value in you and what you're bringing to the table and say, I want to be a part of what you have. Right. And that's the same halter brand of a small business person making one or two battles for your friends that you want to say, this guy takes enough pride in their work, in their craft, that I'm a business and I've watched you. I've had my hands on your product. I want to invest in that. Mm-hmm. But you have to have all these things in place to know that call. If I put out a product with quality that I can stand behind, that thing will come. Mm-hmm. God will bless it and put it in the right hands. If it comes, what you going to do with it? Do you have the things in place? Are you 
uh, sitting on the couch eating popcorn and watching the game on Monday night? Or are you researching how do I expand my business from where it is today to double my growth for uh, the next quarter and a quarter after that and a quarter after that? How do I get more followers? How do I get this in the hands of more people that can see and touch? Do I have to make for every one saddle I make, do I have to make one to just give out for somebody to just ride in mm-hmm. to a top athlete? Right. Or 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 Ariana or Caitlin, so they can talk about on their podcast how great the saddle is and thank you, uh, Johnny Matt for sending over the saddle so I can ride in and it's awesome. Yeah, we and like samples. Podcast that goes out to a million people around the world. Yeah. <laughs> and now everybody else that's listening, five percent of them want one of those saddles now. Mm-hmm. A your site immediately because you said if y'all want this saddle, come to Johnny Max Saddles. This guy makes the best saddle. Every time you see me on my podcast, that's what I'm riding in. Mm-hmm. Boom. Now he got a new say out of five percent, he gets Two percent of those as customers. But now you gotta retain those customers. Yeah. And so two percent out of a million is still a whole freaking lot. It's yeah. only two thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have to think with the end in mind. But the problem is most people don't dream that far. Mm. <laughs> they just do the mom and pop. Yeah. You gotta dream with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Like what is gonna look like if Ariana and Caitlyn is on the, the, the RSV channel and got y'all over the network now. Y'all on the show. Woo, watch out now. I love you, Katie. And you girls are so cute and you're so articulate and I just love you guys. My husband and I started a TV network and we would love to invest in you. We would look for some diversity go to our channel. Boom, there you go. Over there. Yeah, we need to talk about that. I was about to say, we already had one of them conversations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got to be able to dream with the end in mind. Yeah. BB, follow a diamond. BB, BB. See, and we can go through that Jay-Z thing. Now, you know, the Jay-Z, everybody's getting mad at Jay-Z. But they're, they're the same struggle, but it's different people taking two different approaches. Mm-hmm. Remember, JC has crossed over now. He's leaving the millionaire that He's going to the billionaire mm-hmm. You all, David is not taking advice from millionaires. He's taking advice from billionaires. Right. There's a whole lot of millionaires of There's a whole lot of thousandaires of But they ain't never been in the conversation of a billionaire. Because mm-hmm. there's few billionaires that look like us. Right. So, he's Kind of try to explain himself when it, he doesn't have to to people that's never been in his shoes. Right. Because what they bring to the table is not, he has to cross over. To get us where we're going, somebody got to. Everybody hated the, the educated black man coming up from the plantation on forward because those were the guys that could read there in the house. It may not have been dark and us, but we out in the field getting the sunburn. But that guy in the yeah. house learned how to read. Yeah. are presenting us with uh, African-Americans that can retain education, that has a train of thought, that opens the doors for so many other great things. We celebrate Tom Bass. But Tom Brass was a, uh, his daddy was a slave owner, mm-hmm. and he's half white, half black. But he showed that this African-American being black, you know, it just that such a black is going to be great things in the whole community and well-respected yeah. with presidents and some of the great people around the world. So we have to have somebody in the to go places that we've never been. Mm-hmm. I don't get mad at that. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I really don't. It's all the same fight. It's all the same struggle. There's a, 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 a young black equestrian network that has nothing to do with Black Race Magazine. You guys got your own ideas for what you want and great. We just happen to be the same company. Same fight, though. Doing, doing things uh, and have visions for where we're going is independent of each other. But as a fan, I want us all to win because at the end of the day, your success is your great Yeah, and there's room for everybody. There's room for everybody to win. We have to connect more. We have to connect more. It's, it's, we all have to link up to create a blanket, mm-hmm. uh, a net into the world. 
So we have to create a network, a network. Uh, in order for the network, we have to create a network. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be able to cast that out to the masses. So when the census in areas and wrangling, not that we say we needed something, we're going to do what we do anyway. But mm-hmm. we would love to have that support because it goes a long way. Right. Right. Love it. But we also want our African Americans to get involved as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's incorporated, and just to show you guys uh, some of the things I've been working on, I work closely with John Hill. John Hill is a great one. John Hill is facing some of the things that we're talking about today on the club. He's a black trainer uh, that's at Churchill Downs. He races out of uh, Indiana, Churchill Downs. Man, his winning clutch, you need to look at that guy has killed him. I mean, he's winning. He's won probably 10 races best. Uh, the Kentucky Derby, and we know it's a person like a grade one race. And so his business is thriving. We talk all the time because a lot of business owners overlook him because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they just would rather with Tom Fletcher, they would rather go with someone that, and he said it's something that under winning percentage, Tom Fletcher gets a lot of better horses, but from what I get, I'm winning on the same level, but I will never get looked at because of the type of horses that he gets. And uh, but we're both winning, and so so with that, um, I'm trying to help them put business plans and stuff together so we can reach out to a lot of business owners that may not have anything to do with all right? but they can even know where to move their money. Mm-hmm. And get if we show them from business side, if your return on this investment is really great and offering, um, then I can show you how and what I've done uh, with other people that's invested in our business to put a horse through our program. That we can turn it real good money. And that's how, you know, he's racing his own horses, but we want to run to his stable now. I think his stable holds. And he he's, uh, has a stable out in Indiana. Mm-hmm. It's on 100 acres. He has about 75 to 100 dogs now. Wow. So he can hold a full network of business. He can run. He can, he can train an unlimited amount of horses in a day. He got a full staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he races his own horses, which is, he's tries to keep between 8 and 12 running at all times. But man, think about it. He can hold another freaking 50 horses. Easy. And run. And that's, that's business. How yeah. to get us back to greatness. And one of the things that we're losing now, we've got a lot of black bush factories. But we don't have a lot of African Americans on the professional side, like in the quarter horse and surgery trainers out. Right. It's not a lot. Not a lot of jockeys. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not a lot. And we don't want from an industry that we once dominated just 30 years ago. You go to Churchill Downs just 30 years ago, and there was probably 90% African American working at the track. Mm-hmm. The other 10% were business owners. But they had a, a, a lead manager and a lot of, they you know, as far as hot walking and all those other bloomsmen, they were all black. Mm-hmm. Just 30 years yeah. We don't want to one day watch that disappear. Mm-hmm. Because we will. If there's, if they, one of the youngest black trainers on the grade one side that I found in the country is like, the, the youngest was like, I think now he's 38. I could have introduced him to you guys. And he's out of, uh, out of Maryland. And he was at our Um, that we did with Black Race. But man, it's, it's, he's the youngest one I know. 38. Imagine people like that die. And yeah. that effect, all that knowledge down to the next generation. Yeah. It's going to be hard to catch up with some of these hot white trainers if you ain't had that experience. Exactly. Exactly. That's like the art of uh, the barriers not being tested. Right. Absolutely. Black or black women. Yes. It will be a skill loss. Because it takes a lot to gain that skill. Some of it is passed down to you through your parents and people that you've been working closely to all your life. Yes, that's another one. Think about it. I call them blacksmiths. We, you call them hysterians. Well, I'm talking about next level. I'm talking about blacksmiths that can take the iron strength and shape it to your horse's foot. Every shoe has a custom uh, shooting fit on that foot. Because mm-hmm. that area is tailoring that piece of steel to your horse's foot. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. I've only met, oh man, okay, back in 2016, I need to put out that video. Um, what's your name? Dang, I don't know what I'm going to call it. 
I'm looking right at it. Because that was a friend of mine. So he wouldn't be a novel with something on his name. But I have a, I have a uh, video. I used to follow him around. And he used to shoot here. He was a blacksmith, but he was also a Tennessee horse horse trainer. And man, he competed on the Tennessee horse uh, side. Uh, mm-hmm. But man, it's going to come back to his name. I want to call him. But he ended up passing away from a heart attack. He was oh, a blacksmith that could take an iron. I don't think he can make you a railing to go up your fairway in your house, custom, mm-hmm. or he can put a shoe on the horse. And he would shape that shoe to every individual hook. If you watched him, I did a whole series. He's on my iPad. And I watched him, and I filmed him shooting horses. Larry Miller. Yes, Larry Miller. He would tell you what he's doing, and he would talk you through as he uh, shoots as it, he's doing it, and he can add all the girl. He can make, he can custom make the shoe, <laughs> and he was charging only a hundred. It was a hundred twenty dollars a set. So to get a pair of shoes put on with him, it's a hundred twenty dollars. But I promise you, your horse foot will be set right. I mean, people who can't do that charge the same amount. So <laughs> yeah, so it's. It's just, um, but that skill, it's a next level skill. Mm-hmm. It ain't like showing up with a, a box of shoes that you ordered over Amazon. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just going to take a hard piece of steel and shape it. And, ooh, I mean, just to watch him work with is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know how to do it. You know what? I'm very careful about the things that legally that you can do. See, okay. Yeah. 
because one of the professional photographers said, yeah, they can do it. But we ain't coming after them. They just work a nine-to-five job, but you're a business. Right. So you get monetary value from, from that photo. Content. Yep. You can't share. So I'm saying that from a business standpoint, you guys legally have to know all you can do is even as a podcast, mm-hmm. what you can and can't do because it will come back and bite you. Now you're writing a $4,500 check for something as simple as a click. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, yeah, we ain't trying to have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that so on my list of things to research. question is, be very careful on your pages on what you share and what you can't, because mm-hmm. you have to get permission. Mm-hmm. It will come back and bite you. Even a year later, it will come back and bite you. Like, you have no monthly yet, but the minute you add your, that's why I stripped down a lot of stuff, because... Because I was naive very early doing that, and I had to go back and go through all of it and clean it up because even if it's two years later, as your business grows and get more exposure, it didn't come across the wrong person. Now you got to go back and say, dude, you've had this stuff for that many years. My lawyer will be contacting you mm-hmm. and try to assess the value that you've acquired over the time you've had my energy. And this is what we came up with. So you got an option to either pay this, appreciate it (laughs) we um we actually found a great deal of people to talk to um just from black lane uh black rain spotlights um Mm -hmm. for the podcast so we definitely thank you for that thank you i always call myself an oracle anyway i sit high and i look low i see where everybody is i see <laughs> we actually talked to we talked to Felicia Chandler and Michael Lynch a couple of days ago. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> and they are pretty awesome. Yeah, cool, man. That's good. It's all great. All right. Well, we're not going to take up too much of your time. Um, I sure do appreciate you talking to us today. Yeah, it's been fun. All righty, Caitlin. You got anything else you want to ask him? You said our format? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, when I say format, uh, how do you share your podcast? Um, it is on, uh, we use Anchor, which will put it out on Google, Apple, Spotify, and I think eight other podcast hosting, uh, sites, I guess. Um, but well, yeah, Anchor does that for us. Probably we need to figure out how to link that to the Black Rain site. Mm-hmm. The reason why you do that, it'll give you a bigger Google search platform. So when you Google search it, it's going to strengthen you on Google. Yes. Um, to be able to be the first thing that comes up when people put you in. That's where you want to find yourself. At the top. Like you Google Black Cowboy and Equestrian and stuff, do so you realize Black Rain is coming up high, mm-hmm. quick, mm-hmm. without people finding? So you want to strengthen yourself in Google. So that's an option that's sitting now and saying, how can we figure out how to link um, Young Black Equestrian with... Uh, see, these are the questions, Caitlin. That's a good one. That other platforms should be asking. Yeah. How do we connect ourselves? Because all we do is, when we do that, we strengthen our Google search. It's strengthening your platform. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that comes up is, is see, you... Another thing you can do is, even though we use young black this or young black that, is you can notice with me, I do black rain's hashtag, but when I say cowboy, I don't put black cowboy. Right. I just say cowboy. 
Right. Why to strengthen yourself? You need to have black faces showing up just when the word cowboy comes up. Not black cowboy. Who's Googling black cowboy? Right. When you Google cowboy, you want to visit to see your face. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot of people do it and I share it. But from a black race standpoint, I ain't learned about that. I just say, hey, we're all questioning. We're all cowboys. We're all horse women and cowgirls. Mm-hmm. We're all that. And so we're dead more, just more uh, as well as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have to put black on everything. The color stands out. Of course you're black. You don't have to say it. Yeah. So, so first linking ourselves and attaching ourselves to each other will strengthen you. And, and, and also, everything you do will strengthen us too. Mm-hmm. Well, it just gives you more of a footprint. So we'll figure this out, you know, how we can now, you guys can become a regular on our platforms, like the page. Just tag yourself. But inbox me. They said, got a new podcast, and here's some content to go with it. Here's a feature on Michael Lynch, and he's a great guy. He's been in the horses, been in the South France, and a judge for this many years, and blah, blah, blah. You guys will want to tune in to this. Uh, Hope your host, Ariana, uh, Ariana and uh, Caitlin, brings you another great interview. And just tag us. And we'll just share and keep it circulating. But if you keep yourself out front, don't get excited about the likes. Get excited about the people that join your page. Right. Yeah, I don't care if you have 10 likes or 3 likes. Right. No matter. It's so many people from that get exposed to that and join your page. Mm-hmm. So many people that non-business people, not everyday Facebook folks, get caught up in these likes. They don't like me. Nothing has nothing to do with money. Right. Nothing. Zero. Do not. I'm not excited about it. if I share something on my page. I tell people all the time, don't get excited about no likes, especially if you're a business. Because business ain't necessarily sexy, but a girl standing on top of a horse in a Walmart parking lot is. It's going to get a whole lot of likes. <laughs> but it ain't going to generate not zero in the income. Right. How many share a business, it may not be worthy of a whole lot of life, but it gives you some traffic and exposure because people are going to say, man, I keep seeing this business. I keep seeing this business pop up. Let's stop in here. Let's check this out. Yeah. They may not click on it, but they check it out. Mm-hmm. That's what you guys as a young black question has got to get excited about is that I noticed a lot of people pop up, and, and you, from a business standpoint, that have pages now. They'll spin off and got their own black pages. They may have 20,000 followers. Right. But how many views do they get in a month? Right. <laughs> somebody who can like the page and they're part of the page, but they ain't been back in six months to see what's going on. Don't mean, you know what I'm saying? Don't mean nothing. Right. So a lot of people start pages on groups. And a group gets more exposure. So it may be because you can you can go to a group now and I can opt everybody on my I got five thousand followers on Facebook. I can go and opt all of me and they have to opt themselves out. So just because a group has twenty thousand people or fifty thousand in their group don't mean nothing. It means a person went and say, Caitlin now he's gonna opt all the people into that group automatically without their consent. Mm-hmm. So it can, it can really throw the numbers all wet. But not with a page, you can't do that. <laughs> a page, you can only invite, and a person has a chance to turn you down. Right. And it has to be people finding a stumble across you to go and like it on their own. <laughs> you can't force nobody in. And so when you start looking at pages that have 100,000 followers, those are real numbers. And mm-hmm. if a person opted in your page by choice, they are in tune with what you have going on on the page. Something resonates with them. And they, when it's not, they're going to opt out on their own. So it's like church. It, it, you either got to be preaching or not. Don't blame the congregation. They're going, if you bring in that word, they come. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, a free, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> you either got a choice to go and say, man, this, this stuff ain't moving me no more. And I'm out. Right, right. Uh, it's true.
go any of those pages and try to look at the diversity and see if there's any on that page. One of the things about Black Rings Magazine, I feature everything. Mm-hmm. If you and Paul Rand, the question horseman, cowgirl, I do it all. Mm-hmm. And how many people do you know can bring that many diverse amount of groups together? Because the horseman, the cowboy, and the equestrian are all segregated. Yeah. They don't they don't do each other. You yeah. know, the question feels some kind of way about cowboys, cowboys feel some way about questions, the horsemen are in between. They look this little little sideways and these ones. Yeah. And so they kinda of follow their own. To then to bring that group together that they're all liking each other right. choice of events. It's right. amazing to me. That's my greatest feat. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's the greatest feat is having have a community that they all accept each other. Mm-hmm. And that was that was kind of why I, we chose the name that we did for the podcast because I was like, all right, if we do, you know, black cowgirl something, you know, what what percentage of people that consider themselves cowgirl, whatever, who's listening yeah. to podcasts? Right. You know how who is who is on that format of media. You know, and yeah. it, it's it's not it, it's not the people out trail riding. You know, so yeah. when you throw Absolutely. the equestrian in there, it's like, oh wait, oh they ride English. Like, no, we right. we don't personally ride English all the time, but we can bridge the gap between the two, sure. um, featuring yeah. people who do, and you know, featuring people who go out trail riding. You know, we just talked to a girl yeah. the other day. And she was like, yeah, I've never sat on my horse beside somebody who was black on a horse. We were like, girl, what? (laughs) And she's in Fayetteville. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just introducing her to, like, what it is that we grew up doing. She was totally blown away. I talked to her after we got the phone. I talked to her for, like, another hour. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we get a lot of Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Young Black Equestrians, the podcast with Stanford Moore. This was part two of his interview. If you want to get in touch with Stanford, feel free to shoot him an email at info at blackreigns.com. It's info, I-N-F-O, at B-L-A-C-K-R-E-I-N-S.com. Subscribe, like, comment, share, do all of those things. Leave us a review. Head over to our social media pages facebook instagram and rate us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and spotify see you next time